Hello and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today on the show, is it possible the Wolves could re-sign Nas Reed and not trade Carl Anthony Towns? Or is it feasible at all that they could keep both of these players moving forward? Or is it one or the other, ultimately? We'll look at that. Also, a peek at some former Timberwolves involved in the playoffs and uh, what their futures look like in the league, potentially. It's all coming to the show. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Hump Day. And uh, a few things to get to here today on the show. Some more cap stuff related to Nas and Cat. Um, there was a good breakdown over at Canis Hoopus. And so I want to kind of connect what I've talked about on the show to some actual numbers uh, behind the ideas of like, do we... Do the Wolves keep Cat? Do they trade Cat? Do they resign Nas and and keep Cat? Can they do both? Um, I'll explain why I think that's a, a bit of a, a tenuous thing to hope for here in a minute. And then I want to talk a little bit about former Wolves. There's several former Wolves players and coaches involved, involved in the playoffs. There's also some news about a very particular, a former a multiple-time former Timberwolf, a Spaniard who may not be in the NBA for that much longer. So we'll get to that later in the show too. First of all, though, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day, Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere, including YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch the show on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. More great local sports coverage 24-7, and it's free. It's not just this show. It's all the other Lockdown podcasts uh, from the state of Minnesota. Download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves. And also at my account, which is at B Beacon, and that's with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right, um, let's start with some more Cat and Nas conversation. We've talked a little bit about this over the past couple of weeks, but I, it really is kind of a tell as to what the Wolves are doing moving forward. Um, rewinding just a little, we've talked a little bit on the show before about how. Undoubtedly, Tim Connolly, when he acquired Rudy Gobert last summer, and I've said I said this on the crossover with Cyrus from Lockdown Warriors on Tuesday, I don't think there's any question that sitting here right now, Tim Connolly overpaid to get Rudy Gobert in the traditional sense of overpaying, right? Well, really in any sense. He gave up a million picks, good rotational players, et cetera, to uh, basically for the right to conduct an experiment. However, he knew he could trade Carl Anthony Towns at some point and essentially push the reset button. If the experiment didn't work, then he could reset. Now, this offseason is the first offseason when it might make sense to reset because Towns has his Supermax extension kick in next summer at $50 million. And uh, Towns obviously still has a good deal of trade value. It's also a very strong draft. And that's a conversation... I spent a, basically a show talking about last week, and I want to dig in a bit more on uh, in future shows on if the Wolves got to three or four, what you know, some player profiles on players they could look at. Scoot Henderson being the name at three that uh, we obviously need to spend more time talking about. 
Could the Wolves move up, trade with Portland or with Houston, not move up, move into the first round and do that, you know, in the Towns trade because it's a loaded draft? Uh, that to me is the it, that plus the Supermax kicking in next year, the reasons why a Towns trade is more possible this summer. That's that's the quick version. Um, the other piece of it is, depending on your feelings on Nas Reed, if you love Nas Reed and you want him back on the Timberwolves, I think it's pretty unlikely that the Timberwolves sign Nas Reed and that Carl Anthony Towns is still on the Timberwolves in, call it 18 months, or I guess, what, 16 months. They could re-sign Nas and play the year out with Carl Anthony Towns and not be in the luxury tax and just be, you know, see what happens. And then I guess that you could always pivot and trade, like if say Towns has a phenomenal season and you're like, you know what, I, we love the fit with him and Ant and maybe Rudy, I don't know. And you could trade Nas and somebody, you know, Maybe you want to like, I don't, there's other guys you could trade, right? You don't, it doesn't mean you have to trade cat next summer, but if they re-sign Nas Reed, I think it's very likely that Towns is traded next summer or if things go completely South during the season, there's always the possibility he's traded at the deadline. Although stars of his caliber typically don't get traded at the deadline. The wolves would have to be in a, you know, it'd have to be a nightmare season for them to do that. But the option, you know, that window would still be open prior to the supermax kicking in next summer. The working thought here is Towns has the biggest, the the highest trade value of anyone on the team, except at this point, Anthony Edwards. He's got a greater trade value than Rudy Gobert. There's no question about that. Um, so if the Wolves bring back Nas, they likely a trading cat. Why? We've talked about this a little bit on the show, but there's actually, there's a really good piece over at Canis Hoopus um, by uh, Jack Borman and Tyler Metcalf, um, who both do a really good job covering the Wolves, have, do, have done it in different places for a while now. But they put together an article basically making the case for the Timberwolves drafting Scoot Henderson, who, again, will break down his game on a future show. Um, and so they're, they're, the point of the piece is like, hey, they should acquire the third pick from Portland in a town straight if possible now. And so they, they spent about half the article talking about Scoot Henderson and the fit and what you know why he makes sense. But they also have a, a nice salary table that they put out there um, with what the Wolves cap sheet would look like a year from now. So going into the 24-25 season, um, the Wolves would only have seven guys in our contract. However, they've also projected out what the rookie max extension for Anthony Edwards would look like and um, a reasonable number for Jaden McDaniels, which would be $25.7 million in that season. It would be $35.7 million. Rudy would still have a year plus an option on his deal, and Cat would be at $50 million. So again, this is not this coming season, the following one. But then, if you're there, you only have like, uh, you don't have much space at all, right? If you've extended Nas, and, and actually the number they plug in for Nas is three years, $34 million, which based on everything that we heard in season, the Wolves were offering him something like that as an extension around the trade deadline, and he said no, he wanted more. And Howard Beck said on my show a couple of weeks ago that he thought Nas would get something like $15 million a year in free agency because... As I always like to say, this, these are my words, not Howard's. But all it takes is one team to be like, "Yeah, we think Nas is is you know him. We think we think he's going to be an all star for our team, or we think he's the missing piece, or whatever." Not thirty teams that need to think that. Just one, right? It only took one team to overpay for Rudy Gobert, um, and it's even crazier in free agency, right? So I think Nas gets more than three years, thirty four million. So if the Wolves are the team giving him more than three years and $34 million, the cap sheet becomes tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. And the example that 
that Jack and Tyler give at Canis Hoopas is Nas extended at three years 34 and Nikhil Alexander-Walker at three years and 20. The Wolves would only have $12 million to fill six roster spots in 2024. That's with those extensions, which is basically not possible. Um, even if even if they're all minimum contracts, you're probably you're over the second apron. Um, so like you can't do that. You're in the you're in the luxury tax. So all that to say, that's with a modest number for Nas. I think a reasonable number, if maybe a little high for Nikki Alexander Walker. What's the answer at that point? Well, it's trading Carl Anthony Towns, and it is theoretically easier to do it this summer because of the salary jumping to $50 million next summer. Although, you could also argue the Wolves would be trading a little bit low on Carlton Towns because he had what I would say was the most unfulfilling, if not worst, I guess, which sounds bad because it was mostly due to injury. But Towns had the worst season of his career this year. I mean, that's the easiest way to say it. Um, so would the Wolves be selling low if they traded him this summer? I want to talk a little bit more about this. Um, and then, like, really what I think the most likely couple of scenarios are, and then we'll get into some former Timberwolf talk. We'll talk, uh, there's three former Timberwolves. Uh, well, I guess two former Timberwolves still playing in the playoffs. But some general former Timberwolf talk uh, as well here as we close the show. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. Because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. It's the NBA Finals now. They start um, Thursday night, I believe. So now, I mean, it's a fun one, too. Denver-Miami, a lot of, like we said, former Timberwolf ties, at least, to this series. Um, plus, FanDuel, they do great promotions every day. It's a safe and secure app. You can get paid instantly. Go over there right now, and uh, if you think it's former Timberwolves coaches, Ryan Saunders, David Adelman, or it's former Timberwolves players, Jimmy Butler, Kevin Love. Who wins in this battle in the NBA Finals? Uh, there's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, America's official, uh, excuse me, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks once again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we will continue talking off season. Like I said, very soon we're going to get into some second round draft talk uh, with the 53rd pick. And also, should the Wolves move up, try to trade with Portland or Houston to get to three or four in the draft. Uh, that's what we'll be covering here in the next couple of weeks on, uh, on Lockdown Wolves. All right. So, again, with the cap situation, if the Wolves re-sign Nas Reed, at anything more than $12 million a year or anything near $12 million a year, which it's going to have to be, they're not going to have any cap space next summer. And not will, not only will they not have any cap space, they'll be in the apron. Do you want to get into the luxury tax or beyond the second apron, I should say? Do you really want to be in the luxury tax because of Nas Reed and Nikhil Alexander-Walker or and or because of a core that to this point, you're not even sure if it works with Rudy and Kat plus Ant and McDaniels? So... That's why the Towns trade scenario keeps being talked about. It's not because, you know, all the tired talking points, especially nationally about Carlton Towns, he can't win the big game, he can't play defense, like all these things that, well, there may be some truth to some of them. Those aren't the reasons why the Timberwolves would trade Carlton Towns. It would be strictly financial. And because you want to fit that ant time, 
the ant window, the timeline for Anthony Edwards as a superstar. McDaniels does that. Gobert's at least, you know, slightly he's obviously older than Towns, but he's only got a couple years left in in what would probably be considered his prime. Um so there's the argument for trading Towns this summer if you want to resign Nas. So I think if the Wolves resign Nas Reed, and especially if it's more than eleven or twelve million a year, which I think it will be wherever he ends up going, that's a tell that the Timberwolves are kind of resigned to the fact that they'll trade Carlton Towns next summer. And like I said at the very beginning of the show, they could still pivot, right? Say they bring back Nas, they go to the conference finals, everybody loves the core. Um, well, you're in trouble because you're going to be into the into the luxury tax if you stand pat, but you could choose a different pivot, right? You could say, okay, well, let's trade Nas, let's trade somebody else that's making guaranteed salary, Um you know, however the Wolves fill out the roster this year. Maybe if they bring back Alexander Walker, maybe they trade those pieces to try and free up a little bit of space and keep, you know, Cat, Ant, McDaniels, and Rudy together. And then maybe the following year when Rudy's just got the one year left on his deal, maybe you could trade Rudy and get out of, you know, and avoid the tax altogether. It, it would take some serious uh, machinations, if you will, uh, to, to, to keep Nas and Cat and never hit the luxury tax. I, I don't think that that's likely. I think if they sign Nas Reed, it's a tell that they're comfortable trading Carl Anthony Towns next summer. Also assuming, by the way, that he's going to have a bounce back season. His shooting numbers were effectively the worst of his career. Uh, rebounding numbers were the worst of his career. I thought he was fine defensively, but he was also being asked to play a new position and he missed 52 straight games with the calf injury. Didn't play well in the playoffs. So Carl Anthony Towns has an opportunity to improve his trade value throughout the season. And while it's easier to trade him now from a salary perspective, he could also, I mean, that could be can't, the increase in salary by $14 million or whatever it is between this year and next year. Like, that could be offset if he has like a second-team All-NBA type season, right? If he has just an unbelievable year, now and then he's he's still going into his prime in the midst of his prime, you could, you could kind of offset the increase in salary and ask for just as much in a trade simply because he had an amazing season. I mean, that's, that's something the Wolves certainly have in mind too. And of course, whatever you're resigning Nas to like, say it's 12, 13, 14, 15 million, something crazy like that. You're not paying him to be a starting big anyway. So likely he's a rotational big. Even if you trade towns, he's, he's still probably your third big um, and can play next to Rudy. But remember, he's far better cast as a small ball five than he is as a, as a true power forward. So, I worry a bit still about roster balance too. All that to say, I've said this before. I don't think Nasrud will be resigned. I know the Wolves said all the right things. They're trying to keep their options open, say the right things about their former player. Um, and of course, when asked, the front office is going to say he's a priority, right? Like, what else are you going to say? No. Um, so I would be surprised if Nasrud is back because I think it then boxes the Wolves in and would be a tell to the league that, like, hey, we're open to trading Cat or not just we're open to, we kind of have to, unless, unless again, they do something crazy around the edges or are very willing to pay the luxury tax with the new ownership group in 24-25, which I don't think is likely. Um, I, I think it boxes you in if you resign Nas Reed, especially at whatever he's looking for. And I think the Wolves can backfill those minutes with, um, you know, a veteran or somebody to, to you know, leave their options open. So whether it's keeping Cat, they could still trade him next offseason. Uh, but that's where I'm at. I, I would allow Nas to leave, especially if we're in the 13, 14, 15 million a year uh, range. Uh, so 
if the Wolves re-sign Nas, I think that's an indicator that they're open and not only open, maybe even planning to trade Carl Anthony Towns at some point in the next 12, 14 months to avoid the luxury tax to follow in 24-25. So we'll see if that's actually the case. But that's where I'm at as of right now. All right, transitioning to talking about some former Wolves. uh, Of course, Jimmy Butler and Kevin Love are both still playing for the Miami Heat. They were obviously never Timberwolves together at the same time. By the way, Love, I mentioned the other day on the show last week. um, I can't remember. I think it was actually in the Howard Beck show a couple of weeks ago now. Um, I mentioned that Kevin Love, the Kevin Love trade is actually kind of a blueprint in a way of what the Wolves could do this offseason. Remember, Kevin Love was traded in July, so like a month after the draft. Andrew Wiggins had already played, was the number one overall pick by the Cleveland Cavs and had already played in summer league with the Cavs jersey on um, before the Wolves completed the trade at the time to send Kevin Love to Cleveland and Andrew Wiggins to Minnesota. Um, That deal was consummated after the draft, but before the season because of Love's desire to go to a contending team and to get out of Minnesota at the time. That is the type of thing that could happen with Carl Anthony Towns. Now, Towns isn't asking out, of course, but because Towns can't officially be traded till July 8th anyway, the Wolves could always agree to a trade on draft night, but they could also just kind of wait it out. Because again, I said this on Tuesday's show with Cyrus from Lockdown Warriors, the Wolves don't have to trade Carl Anthony Towns. They could just kind of field offers, whatever, be like, no, we're not trading him, not trading him. But then if they get a great offer in July or even you know keep it in their back pocket, like plan to trade him in July, they could say to Portland, like, hey, we want Scoot Henderson, who you just drafted. Let's do this trade. Um, or, you know, whoever else gets drafted to whatever team in in the draft in June. Um, but all this could be ironed out in July. It doesn't have to happen before the draft. Similar to the Kevin Love trade. But anyway, Kevin Love, this is interesting. I saw this. Uh, I can't remember. I apologize. I can't remember who I saw say it on Twitter. Um, but... I went and verified this. Kevin Love has been to the NBA Finals in all five of his trips to the playoffs in his career, going all the way back to his first season in Cleveland when he, I think, got hurt in the playoffs and did not play in the in beyond the first round of that playoff run. But then, of course, he went to the Finals overall four straight times with LeBron. Hasn't been in the Finals since then until this year when he was bought out by Cleveland midseason, signed in Miami, and was kind of a fringe rotation piece for a while. He's He played in all the playoff games up until the conference finals, and he appeared in, I think, five of the seven games in the series against Boston. Um, but overall, has been a pretty key part of Miami's run and was just a really savvy pickup by the Heat midseason. And I mean, by the way, side point, how many players have made such a graceful transition from superstar, like, getting numbers, multiple-time All-Star with Minnesota, to a, a third star on a multiple final, you know, a championship team, a team that, went to the finals four straight years with Cleveland where he fit an important role, was a a primary scorer for them, but not the primary scorer. And then now is just simply a bench role player and still functional, still helpful, still a good shooter, still a good rebounder um, and has done all these roles for really good teams. Um, I guess he never made the playoffs in Minnesota, but obviously had the ability to, to be that guy to put up those numbers. It's really impressive career trajectory for Kevin Love, right? Even though the, you know, the numbers started to wane, he was willing to take that backseat to LeBron and then now has just kind of found, you know, the right role since then. I think that's super impressive. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Jimmy Butler and then also uh, there's a little bit of Ricky Rubio news out there as well as um, kind of recognize a couple of Wolves coaches that are on the staff of the Nuggets, former Wolves coaches 
that are on the Nuggets staff right now, too. So we'll do all that here next. All right, so Kevin Love is with the Miami Heat. He's been to the finals all five times he's been in the playoffs. Had a five-year gap in there with no playoff runs, uh, but he's back now. So good for Kevin. Also, Jimmy Butler, conference finals MVP or Eastern Conference Finals MVP has been phenomenal. He's averaging just about 25 points per game, plus seven and a half rebounds and over six assists per game with Miami. Um, and the Heat, of course, are the only the second eight seed to ever reach the NBA Finals. Um, I, I mean, what more do you say? Like, Timberwolves fans understood how good Jimmy Butler was in Minnesota. I mean, at the time, I think I, I was saying when the Wolves acquired Jimmy Butler, which I guess was before I did this show, but I talked about him being... Um, a top 10 player in the league was kind of where I was at. Now, this was five years ago. Uh, he was traded. Yeah, it was it was nearly five years ago. And I thought he was unequivocally a top 10 player in the league at that point. And other than a couple of, you know, blips of, of injury issues, and he's always been a little bit banged up. Like, I mean, Butler's never played. He's only played over 76 games once in his career, and that was way back in 2012. He played in all 82 games when he was still a bench player for the Bulls. But he's he's a 50, 50 to 60 game per year guy, right? This year, he only played in 64 games for Miami. Maybe not so coincidentally, Miami also was the eight seed, right? They weren't a dominant regular season team. But as it turns out, a healthy Jimmy Butler is a really good Jimmy Butler. He's back to, he doesn't shoot threes at a high clip, but he's back to making them at the same percentage he did in Minnesota. I mean, he was 35% in Minnesota. He was like 37% for his career in Chicago, about 30. Well, that's not true. Well, the, his last year in Chicago, he was 37%, uh, 35% in Minnesota, 35% the year they traded him to the Sixers. He was in the 20s in Miami, but he shot 35% from three this year on lower volume, but picking his spots really, really good from deep. And then in the playoffs, he's just been phenomenal. Um, he hasn't missed time. He has uh, just just been incredible. And and it's it's all the stuff that we know Jimmy Butler can do. Like in the first round, in that five-game uh, win over the Bucks, took five games to beat the top-seeded Bucks. he averaged uh, 37.6 points per game in that series. He's been back around 25 points per game the last couple of series and uh, shot 44% from three in the first round. Just... He is like, and also, by the way, the Tyler Hero injury, Tyler Hero getting hurt in the first round. He missed all the second round and the entire conference finals. He's apparently going to try and return sometime next week. But to have Tyler Hero go down um, to have, I mean, like, not that, I mean, there's there's lots of, every team could complain about injuries, right? But, um, I mean, uh, Victor Oladipo unavailable, like just Miami obviously has one of the best coaches in the league in Eric Spolstra, but this has all been about Jimmy Butler and what he's been able to do. And at this stage in his career, somebody who's been injured as much as he has, um, it's actually kind of a testament to, or, or maybe, uh, an example of the, the, the virtues of giving guys like him some rest, right? I mean, he's now, he's going to turn 34 before next season starts. And here he is just dragging his team to the NBA finals. Um, and, and so good for Jimmy. I mean, I, the way he left Minnesota was not, I would say less than, it was less than graceful, um, uh, and frustrating and, um, you know, awful, right. The way that, the way that that whole thing ended, but he's an incredible player and he, like looking back on it now, this is probably a conversation. I could do a whole podcast on this. You would, I would say that Jimmy Butler, as of right now, is still the second best player to ever wear a Timberwolves uniform. If I was ranking all-time Wolves, I wouldn't put him second because he was only he only played, what, 69 regular season games in a Timberwolves uniform. But 
But who the player is, like in a vacuum, like if you just said, like we're just ranking players' careers, after Kevin Garnett, I mean, it's got to be Jimmy Butler, right? Like uh, we talked about Kevin Love. He's had an incredible career. The individual accolades, the, being being the 1A, the alpha dog, that was never Kevin Love. That hasn't been Carl Anthony Towns. You know, Towns and Love would probably be in some order third and fourth. But you'd have to look at Jimmy Butler as, even though it was one season and some change, I mean, he's the next best Timberwolves player, uh, you know, in franchise history after after Kevin Garnett. All right. Um, also in the finals, of course, both David Adelman and recent, the, the Wolves' last head coach, Ryan Saunders, are assistants on the Nuggets bench on Mike Malone's, Michael Malone's bench. Um, so good for those guys. I think they both have future. Uh, there was already some rumblings of David Adelman um, being teams have an interest in him for head coaching interviews. I think he might've actually interviewed somewhere. Um, but I would expect both Adam and Saunders to eventually be head coaches somewhere. Again, of course, both former Wolves assistants, both sons of former Timberwolves head coaches and Saunders was actually the Wolves head coach. So good for them. Uh, the last thing is Ricky Rubio. Um, Ricky Rubio in the news a little bit because he gave an interview uh, with a, a European podcast where he talked about um going back to Spain and maybe finishing his career in Spain. Uh, he's got one more year left guaranteed on his deal with Cleveland. And so he he will be with the Cavs next season. And of course he was, he was injured. Remember he tore his ACL two seasons ago, came back mid season this year was kind of an in and out of the rotation type guy with, uh, with the Cavs this season. Um, and then didn't really like down the stretch of the season in the playoffs. He played bit minutes. I think he only appeared in a handful of minutes in the playoffs, but his uh, his overall and like the the trajectory of his career minus the ACL injuries, like he's obviously been a rotational at times starting guard, um, lead guard for good teams, and it'd be fun to see him finish his career uh, in in Spain. I you know that makes sense to me. He's he's getting paid six point one million next year with Cleveland, and then has a partial guarantee on the con- on the year after that in twenty four twenty five. So he will be he'll be thirty three next year. He'll play the season with Cleveland. And then after that, potentially go back to Europe. Um, but man, it, by the way, Kevin Love will be a free agent this offseason. I guess Rubio likely won't be till the season after. Wolves fans love a good reunion. Minnesota sports fans love a good reunion. Uh, it's pretty unlikely given the Wolves cap situation, but I don't know. I mean, the Rubio Love years is, is especially with the knowledge now that Love's been to the finals all five times he's been in the playoffs, right? Like maybe 2000, what was it, 2012? If, if Rubio doesn't tear his ACL, I don't know. All bets are off. Um, and by that, I mean, like, we could just say anything could have happened because we'll, we'll never know, right? Uh, but that Wolves team was above 500, and uh, in that lockout shortened season, really, anything could have happened. Um, all right, that's all we have for you today here on the show. Of course, we'll get into some more draft talk here soon, so expect that. Um, we'll probably do a Scoot Henderson profile, and we'll look at what the Wolves could do if they were at four in a potential trade with Houston. And then and then we'll get into some second-round conversations. We'll probably do some more crossovers with teams that could be interested in trading for Carl Anthony Towns. So keep an eye out for those shows as well. A big thank you to those of you that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. This show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Uh, of course, you can also watch the show on Lockdown Sports Minnesota, the app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And um, you can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at The Beacon with two B's, two E's, CK. Ian. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts at all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, 
and we'll catch you next time.